Welcome, I'm Ruth Frenger, founder of Conscious Leaders. This podcast is about providing you with disruptive insights from human leaders, the progressive leaders willing to talk about the highs and lows of business so you can take away both their philosophy and how it plays out practically day to day. Learn about the podcast and us at consciousleaders.org.uk. Today, I'm bringing you Lee Timbrell. He's GM at Specsavers in manufacturing and distribution. So he looks after three sites of about 800 people. And he's been on quite a career trajectory, which involved making his way up from an apprentice age 17 through operations management, manufacturing management, and directorships. He's been on quite a journey around managing people. So I asked him about his philosophy and where he's landed. In a very fortuitous position, I'd, I'd, I'd say, Ruth, to, to be fair, in a business that allows me to be me. Um, and, and what allo- does that mean? Allows me to focus on people. Okay. And allows me to develop people, uh, develop myself. You know, I've constantly developed myself over the, over the years. So over the seven and a half years, I was at one, one site for two years. I was promoted to a general manager of a different site for, um, and a different location in the UK for a further two years and then back up to the Worcestershire area and have been leading now three sites as a general manager for for that. And I think, you know, that might open, certainly openness and transparency in terms of a culture, a culture that people are not fearful of challenging in the right right manner, not fearful for any sort of retribution or, or, or even, dare I say, you know, fear to fail you know we encourage people to absolutely make decisions be autonomous Mm. um, and and it's not it's not in any way a controlling culture Mm. whereas previously there might have been yeah absolutely was at times and I know we talked about sort of ahead of this about how you originally and then kind of continue to do this in various ways have been tracking staff satisfaction and then um and then working to improve that. Could you walk through that bit of that journey to how you looked at how things were originally and then made improvements? Yeah, well, I can take you take you right back seven and a half years there, um, and you know that that sort of customer uh, customer employee satisfaction. That's not new, but Specsavers absolutely believe in it. They believe in it from a customer perspective, and they believe in it from a colleague perspective. And when I arrived at, um, at the site in, in, um, in Kidderminster Vision Labs initially, we measured the sustainable engagement of the colleagues um, on a, an annual basis. And um, I joined in the May, the audit was conducted, or the survey I should say, was conducted in the April with the results coming through, uh, it was an insight, uh, insight um, feedback session. And everybody was, was you know, uh, I think we had something like 96% take-up, so 96% of colleagues fed back. And when I, when I started in the business in the May, it was a great business, don't get me wrong, and the, but there was, there was lots of change going on. And I knew the GM, who was a really accomplished guy, uh, still with the business, still doing really well. But when the results came through, that site, our site at the time, scored the lowest level of engagement. Hmm. This is when you came in, yeah. Originally, yeah. Just a couple of months. Well, I, I hadn't started when the survey was completed. Mm. I was there when the results came through, and it scored. It was about seven out of ten. So it wasn't a disaster by any stretch. 
But when compared to some of the other sites around the UK uh, and Europe, it was it was the lowest. And it was devastating for the people involved. It was devastating for the GM, the HR manager, the senior team. And I was like, this isn't this is an absolute opportunity. You know, they, they, I, 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 I'd spent the last sort of four, six weeks understanding the business, getting to know it. Huge amount of change going on. So huge investment. And, and, and we can get caught up sometimes and, and think we're doing the right things by investing massively into businesses and new bits of kit coming in, new machines, new equipment, new, new processes and driving efficiency that way. But if we don't take the people on the journey with us, we're not, we're not engaging, we're mm. not... So we're the technology is the easy bit. Technology is absolutely <laughs> the easy the bit. Stuff. So, mm. you know, I, I said, that's where we start. So myself, the senior team, the, the GM worked uh, work together and really we, we, we looked at all of the feedback and it, you know, it, was, it was just thousands of comments. Uh, and we sort of categorized them into five different themes. And those five themes I've worked with for the last seven and a half years and developed them and they've absolutely become my passion. Mm. And that is, you know, the, the true style of leadership mm-hmm. is the first. Real open communication is the second. Constant development, not only just processes but people, mm. is the third. Real collaborative teamwork is the fourth. And the fifth one is really easy. It's respect, it's trust and respect. Mm. So we, we went through, if you like, the, the fall on your sword type meetings in mass with, with shifts, with departments and, you know, it's a, if you've ever heard of the sort of Arbinger principles of, you know, Arbinger is, is, is self-reflection. We, in, in Specsavers at the time, Arbinger was being deployed and it teaches you to look at how you can be the problem, not mm. necessarily somebody else or some other department or whatever else, have a look at yourself first inwardly. And it was a classic example of how we could blend that harbinger with the feedback from the insight survey and say, let's, you know, let's understand how we can be better for our colleagues, how we can be a better leadership team. And we had those, those sort of um, town hall meetings and we kicked it all off and we showed them the five themes and we said, we, against each theme was, um, was an action plan. And we said, our commitment to you guys is that we will be back every three months and hold these exact same sessions of 20 to 30 people. Mm. And so these are feedback sessions? Feedback that, sessions yeah. of, for, for a, a site employing close to 250 people at the time. Mm. And how do you, do you run that sort of thing? Because you've said quite openly that you know, you've kind of fallen on your sword, really happy for people to give direct open feedback or tell them what's going wrong. How, how do you run that so it's not like chaos? It was exhausting. I bet, it, yeah. It was exhausting. And at the time, in fairness to the, the GM, uh, did the initial uh, discussion. You know, he and I were stood at the, at the front of the, uh, of, the, of the comms room, but it was quite literally opened it up with, we haven't been good enough. We understand we haven't been good enough for you but this is what we intend to do to be better if you'll allow us and work with us. Mm. So it was you know, that, that fall on your sword moment and mm. it, with, with that, with it, like that Arbinger type principle, no defensiveness, mm. try not to be defensive and, and acknowledge our, our, our shortfalls, but they were exhausting sessions. Um, 
Because it was mainly listening, presumably, and hearing. Well, it was delivering, but delivering what they were what they were telling us. So we were very upfront with some of the comments they'd right. said. That we collated your feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. So on the on the sessions themselves, from a feedback, from a, a verbal feedback session, there was hardly any comments because we'd said it all. We'd already said we're not good enough, we haven't been good enough, we need to be better, we intend to be better. And we, we absolutely set the, the uh, milestones in, in stone. We, we got back um, in those sessions every quarter, quarter in, quarter out, until the next, the, the, the following year, which is 2015. Survey came and went we were waited, waiting for the sort of results with bated breath and the result came through and it went from 7 to 8.5 Wow! from the worst to one yeah. of the best mm. and the GM, myself and the HR manager with the, with the senior team sat down and said wow that's almost too good because once you've achieved that it's about sustaining it and it's how we can and, and you know the thought process how do we sustain it and my philosophy on it at the time, which we went with, you know, it was the consensus, was we just keep doing what we're doing. We don't change anything. If it's working right now, let's continue to do it. It's only one year, mm. let's do it again. And you've reflected on it a bit already, but what do you think the real key aspects of success of that process and the approach was? Being, up, being, being open, not hiding things, being very transparent in terms of what we intended to do, being very engaging at all levels. So myself, you know, my, my office at the time was based on the shop floor. You know, you know, the typical open door policy, people would come and go, I'd have time for people, I'd genuinely spend time with people. And that that kind of cascaded to the point where people would go out, you, you know, you, you know your influencers within a business quite quickly. Spend a bit of time with the influencers. Mm. And generally, those influencers, the ones that, that are, you know, have more to say, are passionate about what the business, about their colleagues, about themselves. And you know, you win a couple of those over quite quickly. That word spreads. That you know, this guy, that's the the, the new guy or the new team, they they're good people. Right. Let's give them a chance. Mm. And there's no question they give us a chance. Uh, and then you know, two years later, when we we're doing the second, my second insight survey. The, the result came came through in the in the June at nine point one, the best. Mm. Um, and at that point, we knew that those five pillars that we worked with within this business were a winner. Well, it sounds like you said it and you meant it and you followed yeah. through and you Absolutely. sought to with these every three months you're going back and revisiting. Yeah, you're iterating as well. That's mm -hmm. brilliant. Um, but with all that time with kind of open door policy and being very open to lots of communication, isn't that exhausting for you? Do you, do you have time? It is. So that, it, how it, do you it, it can be. It absolutely it. can be. Um, but it depends what, you're, what you can apply your focus to. And we're very fortunate in the business. I'm very fortunate in the business that I, I work in. The, you know, it's, 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 it's a specific business. It's, it, it's one of the giants of, of the, uh, the retail world, certainly of the, the, the optometry world and the, and the audiology world now and it has a juggernaut of a marketing campaign uh, retail stores so from a commercial aspect I haven't got a 
deal so much with driving a sales team. You know, I'm, I'm the back end of it right now, this, and I've mm. been, when I was an MD, I had the end-to-end stuff. So I couldn't just focus on the middle mm. piece. So you can be a true people leader. Absolutely yeah. be a true people leader. Um, because that's my ultimate responsibility, mm. is how do our team service our customers? And you know, Specsavers is an entirely driven business by service. Mm. And we are therefore expected to keep up that service and fantastic quality and fantastic mm. levels of service to customers. And we can only do that if we focus on our people, people. and our teams and, and make sure they're engaged. Yeah, and, and sort of, I guess that's some like big projects that you've implemented. I'm wondering like in a granular level, like not everyone can perform really well at all times. I know that you've had difficult employees or pro- employees that have really struggled along the way. I don't know if there's any examples of anyone that perhaps has been emitting poor behaviour and what you've done to support that or like what's your approach to someone who perhaps is performing badly or people are talking about them on? Cover this quite quite constantly to, to be fair and there's you know we've I've dealt with people at, at all levels frankly that uh, and, and, and leadership for me leadership isn't you know, being people focused absolutely is one of my passions no, no, no question but it's not all about being nice. It's about being fair. It's about being consistent and doing the right thing. Mm. And I've had to unquestionably have conversations with people when I when I left the business initially, um, I left that, that that site, went went to a different site down down in the south of the UK and became the GM of that site. Then I went back two years later, and in that two years, the business that I had left had absolutely transformed. And not for the better, unfortunately. It had transformed in terms of size and volume. We had taken the decision to close a smaller site in the Midlands and amalgamate it into, consolidate it, I should say, into the, the, the site that I left, which is Vision Labs. And when I went back, it had gone from 240 people producing 5,000 lenses for Specsavers a day to 400 people doing 9,000 lenses a day with a completely different leadership at the top, um, with a different ethos, with much more of a, uh, a directive style. And you know, people had to step up to that. Um, and lots of people struggled, lots of people struggled and, and at, at all levels. Mm, to become more traditional, basically. Yeah, very traditional, yeah. very traditional. Um, and, and people in the business had got used to a certain style, had got used to a certain engagement level um, and focus on them. And that seemed to, and there was lots going on. There was a lot of focus going to, you know, to the process side of it for sure, getting machines in, getting volume out of the door, and quality suffered, service suffered, the people suffered mm. badly. Um, which is a big part of the reason that I was I was asked to come back into the business, try and settle it down, and and try and get it back to a, a position where it, it was in good shape. And you know, even some of those conversations that I was having in the very early days, three and a half years ago, now I came back into the business, I was talking with team leaders who weren't even team leaders when I left. You know, so we're looking at four le- levels of leadership. Directors at level one, senior leaders at level two, shift leader, mid-level threes, 
team leaders level fours and we invest and develop all four levels no question but at the time people were thrown into roles that they were uncomfortable with they would have struggled in in the the the, the pre-consolidated vision labs to to think that they're going to succeed at, in the post with the, all of the new work the demands the new style was was just too much and I had a number of conversations with people to say, look, you're a good person. We're going to look after you. You've got to know the person, but we're going to look after you, but you're not going to be a team leader. We're going to take that burden off your shoulder. And I had numerous conversations there that all went incredibly well. Mm. And the people felt looked after. They mm. felt they were now in a role where they could add value to the business. Okay, they weren't in that leadership role, but they never really wanted to be. Mm. But they were they were put there because their, their face seemed to fit. Mm. Never mind what their personal attributes were or their, their 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 history or their their knowledge. They just seemed to be the right person, so we'll make them a team leader. Mm. I like that word. The not. words you used, which was around, we'll, we'll take care of you. Yeah, you know, oh, so yeah. I've got I've got some news here that is is new, and um, you know you're not going to have this role anymore but we're taking care of you and, and maybe your future you'll be back there or somewhere yeah. else but we're looking after you through this process for sure mm. and I, you know, again I've always believed in it um, in, in terms of that that people focus for me it's about being direct with people mm. and not not being flowery and fluffy and woolly where does this come from in your life is there a, someone in your life that... Um, I think there's been Because it sounds like you're doing several. that even as an apprentice, or yeah. when you stepped up from well, I, that I, to I, your I, shift leader. I'll, I'll take you back even further. <laughs> well, when I was an apprentice, you know, I, I matured incredibly quickly, and I had to. I, um, I met my now wife, Andrew and I have been married for 34 years now, and... Uh, you know, unplanned, completely unplanned, but uh, I, I guess uh, a victim of your your, your actions. <laughs> but oh, Andrea, <laughs> and Andrea fell pregnant at uh, oh, wow. seventeen years of age. So we were both seventeen. Oh wow! Um, fell pregnant, and at the time I said, you know, we're going to make this work. And the whole farm. This was back in nineteen eighty-seven. Okay. Um, seventeen years of age. My, certainly my, my mum thought it was the end of the world for me, it was the end of my life um, and I was like no I'm going to make this work, yeah. don't worry Wow, and so I that was, is quite maturity for a 17 year old. Oh, well, a 17 year old earning about 70 pounds a week and, and we, we got married literally just before Amy, our eldest daughter was born so we were married in January Amy was born in, the, um, in, the, in May and by the time Amy was 3 months old we were moved into our own house you know, at that time I was a third year apprentice, which was just incredible. So I had to learn, I had to, you know, take that sort of ownership and responsibility. Um, so that definitely moulded me. Mm. Did um, fatherhood help you grow up quickly? Oh yeah. In that way? Oh yeah. Maybe not quite quickly enough at times. <laughs> And then we had a, a second Charlotte who is now um, who's now 30, so there's three years in between them. So I was 21, I have my, my second daughter. Now I've got um, three three beautiful grandchildren as well. You know, so again, they're a major passion for 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 us. But yes, they, they, you know that that element of my life, and and to not prove people wrong because people said to me it'll never work. I think in, in the back of my mind, maybe I said, I, I, I said it, but at the time I thought, no, I love 
this woman, I love Andrea, I'm going to make it work. And you know, clearly we have, we're still together, 34 years on, very happy. Um, but through my life, I've had some great mentors, I feel, not only in a, in a, in a business perspective, but in a, a, in a personal perspective. You know, I've always said my, my father's my hero, no, no question. And my father's very different to me, by the way. He's not, you know, he hasn't got, I, I don't think he's the same level of, 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 of drive, you know, wanting to be that, that person, uh, but just rock solid um, and always being a hero of mine. And then I had great football coaches as a, as a, young, as a young person who really drove me and I, quite literally run through a brick wall for them and just inspired me to be the best I could. And then I had great mentors in, in some CEOs that I've worked with in the past and the MD I mentioned earlier, Steph Curtis, who just, you know, was transformational in my development. Um, but I, I, I think a lot of it is intrinsic in terms of that the people passion, not not everybody can develop that. I feel mm. you can you can develop it to a point, but it's unquestionably you know mm. for me it's intrinsic. Yeah, what I get from you and kind of the sense I get from you is that kind of rock solid thing. I wonder if that does come through your father, but with that kind of like we'll take care of you yeah. attitude, and you've got. I mean, I can imagine you'd be someone like you've got this, or like I'm hundred percent behind you. Yeah. Like I am absolutely right there, and I wonder the power of feeling mm. like someone is right behind you. Yes, and and I think I I lead that way now, you know, and I've led differently as as I've gone through my career and at different levels of of leadership. And now I'm at a more senior level of leadership, you know, that level of autonomy that I provide. um, Yeah, how does that play out? What are there any sort of practical examples of how you enable that? Yeah, yeah, for 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 sure. and again, you know, you can be incredibly controlling. I've been managed, I've been led by incredibly controlling people. And I know how that feels. And it, it's stifling, it saps energy. Um, and I've always thought, you know, I've learned from the very best, I think, some of the very best. I've learned some, from some of the real worst people um, that, that I've been involved and led by. And I've chosen to part ways with, with a business because of one particular CEO. Uh, and I thought, but I've, I've learned from them. I never ever treat people like that individual treats people. And, and in a in a business like uh, like 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 mine, you know, we've got uh, particularly. I've got. I'm very fortunate. I've got um, uh, a really um, two really mature, well-established operations directors across two of the sites who are really really good guys. Um, and I've got a, a less mature in terms of career um, and leadership uh, person at one of the other sites as an operations manager. And the way I, I, I sort of provide any support or leadership to those guys is exactly the same. I don't treat them any, any sort of differently. Um, and the, 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 more, the, the younger, more junior in his career, I feel, is, is really developing quick, much more quickly because previously he was very directive, mm. very responsive, had to do, you know, jump from one thing to another, and it's just bringing a little bit of calm to but, And to how that. do you enable that shift in someone? What are you doing um, that point, that? Pointing it out to them. I think you've got to have that honest feedback. Um, you know, people have been very honest with, with feedback to me over, over, the, over the years, and sometimes I've liked it, sometimes I haven't, 
but I've always taken it mm-hmm. um, and I, I really do believe in being very open and, 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 and frank with, with, with people um, and, and, I, and I won't change that you know I, I won't soften things up because I want the person to feel good I'll be direct because I, if I if I feel that person can take it and take the feedback and do something with mm. it, um, then it's practical. And it's practical. And I guess they're getting that role modelling from you in the way you treat them and give them that trust and autonomy. For, for sure, and and I feel it's the way I engage with all levels of the business as well. You know, I'm, I feel I'm the same with uh, people in you know my bosses, for instance. Um, or my network of peers, or my subordinates, or my or colleagues on the shop floor, I feel I treat and speak to, and I'm exactly the same with every individual. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I do that. I, I spend a lot of time still engaging and talking with colleagues um, at in different forums, whether it's it's a formal employee forum or whether it's on the shop floor, because mm. I think you've just got to keep. You know your finger on the pulse and ensure that you are still feeling that the business has that pulse. Mm. I mean, the the research around great leadership of the moment is that it's very ordinary. For one, yeah, of, you know, it's yeah. relational, it's ordinary, it's not hero and visionary. We got a lot of that in the '90s with all these tech giants on stage, you know, being heroic. Yeah. But actually, the most is quite facilitative. It's really down with everybody. That's what people want because they've got the access to the knowledge. It's more yeah. about facilitating their growth. Absolutely, and I, I see that. You know, I, The last couple of sites that I, I took on previously had a, a very good leader um, as, a, as a GM, but very different style again, very controlling, very directive, whereas I'm very different. And when I went into that, those, that position, um, I had a, a Teams, because we were just coming out of lockdown, I had a Teams call with, uh, with the leadership teams across the both sites. And my, my, my statement to them was, look, this is going to be different for you. I'm going to be different, um, rightly or wrongly. It's my style, but initially I will adapt to you. But over six months, you'll adapt to my style. And it absolutely happened. Mm. Um, so and, and those guys now feel that they've got more autonomy and more ownership, more responsibility. They can make decisions without any fear. Um, and it, it, for me, it, it, it works. For them, the feedback they give me, it works. Mm. Right. So where, what are your dreams about your future yeah. and leadership? Like what, you know, if you could fast forward five years, what would be amazing about the workplace? If I could, if in five years' time, any business that I'm working in, and you know, hopefully it's the one I'm involved in now. It's in at some level, uh, will have the same sort of feel uh, about it, and have the same sort of people orientation and focus in it. But um, you know, I have many dreams, and very few of them, believe it or not, are about my career. Mm, yeah, uh, personal. Welcome to. And always have have been you know I've, I've always found myself in positions because I've, I've always tried to apply myself I've always done the best I can and best I can be and generally throughout my career I've applied for a couple of jobs of course I have you know it wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't applied externally but you know in, in the first business I was in 17 years from apprentice to operations manager I never applied for a role my bosses always saw the benefit of me or the good in me 
and wanted to challenge me, wanted to develop me, wanted to put me into different situations and scenarios that would be challenging. And it was an incredibly challenging environment. And I, you know, I succeeded in every role I, I, I did. So my dream, it may sound a bit soft, uh, and I don't mean it to, but most of my dreams are about what my children and my grandchildren now can, can achieve. And if I can help and support them, whether it be financially or uh, and both have been single mums in, in, in the past as, as, as well. Um, one's, one's back with, with a partner now and, 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 and solid. The other one's still a single mum with two children. So if I can help and support those guys, and you know, I'm very proud of them. My eldest is a nurse uh, with two, two children and my, my youngest works in teacher recruitment and he's absolutely killing it. So, uh, you know, they do it incredibly well, but it's tough. It's a real tough environment for a for somebody in their early thirties, and you know, mm. so they're kind of pub, real public servants, both of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So if we can help them at all, you know, not 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 throwing loads of money at them. I don't I don't intend to do that. And I don't do that, but I help them. Um, and if they can develop in their careers and become really solid individuals as they are, mm. um, then yeah, that that that's my dream. Sounds like you're quite a rock for them too. Yeah, very much so. I, I'd like to think um, more so for them. I, I, I feel than, than anybody in, in in the business, and I'd like to think I'm a, you know, I can be a rock for for most people in the business. But uh, you know, you've got to balance it with uh, with, okay. your, with your family for sure. Yeah, and kind of um, you're kind of rounding up really with, you know, you've you look after about 800 staff. That's a yeah. huge huge role. Um, so I'm just I'm just kind of wondering how you support yourself with all this oh, yeah. what what supports Lee's well-being what? yeah um, yeah and there's a lot of talk around certainly mental health at the moment isn't it and and sometimes there's no doubt over 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 recent years I, I've questioned my own mental health at, at times no no question but um, you know and, and we all have it we all have a mental health sometimes it's good sometimes it's great at the moment it's great Sometimes it's it's not, and, mm. and um, you know I, I've I've definitely suffered a little with with that, but doing what I do, being involved with the people I'm involved in, both professionally and personally, helps with that. Mm. No question. Yeah, and, if, and if you don't mind me asking a personal question, of course. As as a man, because mm. um, a lot of men aren't as open about this. What supports you most if you in the past have been feeling maybe down, anxious, low? What what helps you? Um, I guess I find it really easy, you know, my, my wife and I have been together a long time now, 30, sort of six years, and we know each other in, inside out. And, and Andrew will know there's something wrong with me before I know there's something wrong with me. And I can absolutely open up to, to, to Andrea. Um, I've also got a couple of really close friends that I can open up to um, and talk very, very candidly with, and they're very supportive. And I'm, I'm very fortunate, I don't, don't suffer too much mm. uh, I absolutely don't you know I, I, and, and from a and I, I think from a physicality perspective I've always kept myself fit you know, I do lots of two lovely dogs I, I walk the dogs hours every week um, I, I do the odd cy- cycling session I've got in fact I've got a, I bought a, um, a turbo trainer with a, a bike and I've always disliked cyclists immensely <laughs> being a being, how very lockdown of you, you know? I, 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 I'm very locked down <laughs> 
And this bike is then about 4,000 kilometers now. Um, oh, well, I've done 4,000 kilometers on it and all on the turbo trainer in my, in my garage. It's never been on the road because I can't bring myself to be a hypocrite and become a cyclist. <laughs> but it keeps me physically fit and, 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 and agile. Um, and, and I do the odd gym session. So I, I love the outdoors, you know, being, being, uh, mainly office or site site base you know you're in four walls most of the time i just love being outdoors all so the more i can walk the dogs the dogs got tired of me during lockdown for sure so uh, yeah i do keep myself physically and and try as best i can mentally alert mm. lee so good to meet you i could really feel your strong intention and rock solid support you have for your employees lee seems like someone who's a real backbone and someone that follows through on his word and that support and consistency is powerful. I'm Ruth Renger, and you've been listening to the Conscious Leaders podcast, showcasing the human side of great leadership, so you can learn about what it's really like and gain both philosophical and practical takeaways. To learn more about us and what we do to help leaders build a calm, collaborative and productive workplace, visit consciousleaders.org.uk.